The issues discussed on the Roll Call Room podcast do not reflect the opinions of any specific agency and are the views of the host or guest only. Any persons discussed may be fictional for comedic purposes. This podcast is rated explicit and listener discretion is advised. The best revenge is actually not taking any revenge at all. It's not even holding on to any anger at all. It's moving on with your life. It's showing them that life is so much better after they're gone. It's easy to blame those that have wronged us for just about everything that is wrong with our life. If it wasn't for them, I would be happy. If it wasn't for them, I will have more money. If they didn't do this, I would be where I want to be. Most people get so caught up in blaming, they continue to blame and sabotage their own life long after the person is gone from their life. Most people hold on to the blame because it's easier than moving on. Having an excuse or a story of why they aren't where they want to be gets them sympathy from others. The victim role gives them comfort, and it is much easier than taking responsibility and moving on with their life. However, it is not, and will never be, a happy place to stay. Those who take responsibility for their life and are wanting to move on and put the past behind them are much more likely to gain freedom, success, and happiness. Now, this does not mean there aren't horrible people in the world that have done wrong by others. It is not condoning others' behavior. It is taking back the power they have from you when you are the one suffering long after they are gone. Who wins if you keep blaming them? Who wins if you move on? Forget about them and create the best life and success you could ever imagine. Who wins if you move on? Who wins if you forget about them? Who wins if you create your best ever life full of success and abundance? You win! Take back your power. Blame them for what they have done. But don't blame them for what you haven't done. Blame them for what they've done, but bless them for making you stronger, for making you better. Blame them for what they've done, but thank them for showing you exactly what you don't want. You can blame the world for bringing them into your life, but then get grateful for all the lessons it taught you, all the strength it gave you, all the perspective gave you. Knowing your heart, if they knew better, they would do better. Knowing your heart, you don't need to take on any other negative energy. How good does it feel to take that baggage off your shoulders, to focus on building your future? What a blessing. Let go. 
Move forward. Never look back. The best revenge is not taking any revenge. It is simply moving on with your life, creating the best version of yourself. Ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the Roll Call Room podcast. And now your host, Nick and Mike. Thought it cut it off. Damn it. <laughs> Mike. Yeah. How are you, buddy? How's everything? I'm good, man. I'm good, man. I'm surviving. How are you? I'm doing okay, bud. Uh, you know, a lot of shit going on and uh, you know, just surviving. Uh, riding the wave, my friend. I hear you, man. Uh, you know, trying to stay COVID free, brah. Yeah, uh, I finally finally went back to work. Um I think some folks misunderstood what I said in the episode that I dropped, which was uh, I noticed the change in my husband. I don't think that they got where I said I was just kidding about testing positive for COVID because I had like 50 messages from fans like, are you okay? What's the symptoms? You're going to make it. I'm fine, folks. I was just kidding. Jesus. This show is comedy. Wow. Yeah, you should see like everyone was like messaging me and they were like, Hey, you got they're like, yo, you got the Rona, bro? And I was like, What? <laughs> and I was like, No, man. They were like, Yeah, they said if Nick got it, then you definitely got it. I'm like, what the fuck? Yeah, I I don't have it. Like I was on COVID leave because I was around somebody that may have had it, and I went and got the test. That's why I was on Facebook Live. Um, and that's why I got some shit from work because I did Facebook live while I was on sick leave and I, um, I tested negative and then I went back to work and then, you know, now I'm on leave again. So, but you know, Hey, um, uh, so yeah, that's, what's going on. Um, my good. good. So, yeah. So anyway, so we, we are, um, you know, I'm still, I'm, I'm what? I said, we're making it, man. I, you know, from the union's perspective, we basically cleaned out uh, Amazon with gloves. We bought gloves from the union for our rank and file. Um, we couldn't get N95 masks, so we went and we hooked up with Custom Inc. Um, the they Oakley did, Group. The Oakley Group. Uh, Got to give a big shout out to the Oakley Group, man. They, uh, Marcella and Katie and Will, 
uh, from the Oakley group. Uh, Marcella was was pounding away on Facebook. She created a Facebook group. People were were making uh, fabric masks in the Virginia, Maryland region area. Um, I basically was driving around picking up packages from this one lady. I picked up two two packages, almost 200 masks. Um, they made sure that all of the boots on the ground in our agency had fabric masks before they moved on to the sheriff's department and then other smaller departments. Uh, super admirable. So, um, you know, you guys have to check out. We'll, we'll make sure I'll make sure that I post up where to um, reach out if you're looking for any real estate stuff or looking to refinance or anything. Um, I want you to check out the Oakley Group. Um, they're fantastic. Uh, they're good people, uh, former cops. Uh, one is still a cop, and 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 um, I can't thank them enough. Yeah. So listen, um, I've also talked with uh, Burke Brownfeld. Uh, Burke is a um, solid guy. He was a cop with us for many many years. He has teamed up with the National Police Foundation, and they've created a donation platform. So if you want to, so essentially what's happening is a lot of these larger agencies are getting inundated with PPE equipment and a lot of these smaller rural areas are getting kind of pushed down to the wayside because these larger agencies are gobbling up all the PPE and these little, com- these little agencies aren't really getting anything or they don't really have much. So besides the community stepping in and stepping up and providing them with stuff, um, the police foundation dot org has teamed up with axon taser okay Mm -hmm. axon and they created this support center to where all this additional so if you have an overflow mass of ppe and let's not be fucking greedy here folks Mm -hmm. donate it okay they created a platform website where you can donate ppe equipment axon has a massive distribution center and they're going to dish and then based on need they're going to be able to distribute distribute it and reach these smaller agencies that are in dire need of this stuff. So um, uh, the companies that would like to donate PPE and supplies to share with first responders in need can complete the request form at www, and we'll put this on our media, uh, social media platforms, policefoundation.org slash ccrc backslash. So the backslash ccrc backslash, and then um, they're going to be uh, disseminating this stuff to these smaller agencies. So uh, a little bit of a backstory too. Burke had reached out to me. I reached out to Tia from Resting Mom Face. Tia did a phenomenal voiceover commercial for policefoundation.org. I then made a movie promotional commercial for policefoundation.org. It is on all of our social media. The commercial that Tia recorded will be on this episode as well. Uh, It's that important to us that you hear it, that you um, push it out to major companies. Um, uh, Thank you, Tia, from uh, Resting Mom Face podcast. She did a phenomenal job. I sent it over to Burke. Burke sent it over to the president of the foundation, was blown away. We're working on another promotional video uh, that Tia is going to do a voiceover for as well. Like Mike had said, there's a lot, a lot of small agencies with like five, 10 officers that are not getting the PPE gear that they need. And then there are organizations that have so much um, that it's they've been over inundated with it. Now they're stockpiling it for the next epidemic. Now's not the time to be doing that stuff. Now is the time to help out your brothers and sisters that that don't have that PPE gear. Um, So don't be selfish. Please help out. So. that being said, that's what's going on behind the scenes, Mike. Um, I'm super excited. Uh, we have an 
awesome guest today, um, Mike from 720 Interdiction. Um, Mike, me, and you uh, had talked about talked with them for quite a while. Mike and his partner reached out a couple months ago. We're like, hey, we want to get on the show. Um, I had heard of them before. We just needed the right time to get them on. And folks, this is the right time to get them on because you're 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 in your cruisers. You got nothing going on. Some of you have stand down orders. There's only so much Netflix and YouTube that you can watch. You need to listen to Mike from 720 Interdiction. This guy is the real fucking deal, legit. And would I, am I wrong, Mike? No, he's solid as fuck, man. This guy is doing the Lord's work, man. This guy is out here beating the block every day, and he's doing it from a supervisor standpoint. Mm-hmm. which gives him that much more credibility. He's not just some guy over there jerking himself off. Look what I did. He's actually putting these things to fruition, making these dreams come to life for these guys that are coming in his unit to be these fucking, you know, drug interdiction warriors. And they're down there in Texas. They're, they're interdicting fucking cartel loads. I mean, this shit is like Hollywood shit. It's reality. These guys are actually doing this. Um, and he's bringing this training to you. So if you don't want to be a fucking Steve and you want to be a lazy fuck, just sit on your phone and watch TikTok all day long. Watch this guy, listen to his videos, get out to training. Um, you know, we're going to, again, the Uriah Guardian Foundation is doing some things behind the scenes. Uh, eventually, we want to get some funding to be able to provide training for smaller. If you guys wanted to go to training, you guys lean on us. We'll cover the cost of training, some sort of grant fund opportunity there for you guys. Mm-hmm. Um, those are the kind of things we're doing with the Uriah Guardian Foundation, um, but not to digress or get off track. Check out 720 Interdiction. I just vetted this guy for an hour. He's the real deal. We're going to do a part two with this guy, Mike, because, I mean, the shit is legit. Yeah, we just, we so. just ran, out, we ran out of time. Uh, folks, we recorded it before this uh, this segment. Uh, just for timing purposes and, and scheduling purposes. But I'm, I'm just telling you, I went to his I was I went to his class via uh, Zoom. And I got to tell you, it's hard to do a, a, um, a virtual class. It's hard to do a conference class. Mike is fucking legit. He knew what he was doing. Um, you know, he mirrored his scream. And, and, and I'm always looking, Mike, I'm always looking when I go to training. I'm always looking for video. I'm a video person. Like I'm always I want to. I want to see what you're saying that you're practicing what you preach. And a lot of classes that you go to, they're like, Oh, do this, do this, do this. And you're like, do you have any dash cam footage? Do you have anything that, you know, and they're like, Oh, I'll show you a cops episode. Yeah. That's not you. Like I want to see you do this stuff. And I got to tell you the class that I went through with, uh, with Mike from Seven Twenty, he had legit body cam footage and dash cam footage. And, um, Shit's phenomenal. Just phenomenal. If you're into drug interdiction or you're thinking about getting into drug interdiction, um, you know, that's that's the thing. So uh, this could be Mike's got Mike's got stains on his uniform and it's not from Chipotle and Chick-fil-A. They're actually from like motor oil and gasoline. So the guy's doing it. He's doing the real deal, man. It's good stuff. All right. So without further ado, we're going to we're going to go right into his segment. Folks, uh, take care of each other. Check us out on RollCallRoom.com. Email me at Nick at RollCallRoom.com or Mike at RollCallRoom.com. Check us out on Facebook. Go on iTunes. Leave a five star review um, with um, with comments. Oh, my gosh. Mm -hmm. You're welcome. Be safe. Live your legacy. Don't catch the Rona. Turn it up. Be my love, I wanna be my love.
America's police force is fighting a new battle. They don't need Kevlar or bullets. They need gloves and masks, hand sanitizer and disinfectant. These items are hard to find and in short supply for agencies across the nation. But there is a way you can help. The National Police Foundation has launched the Law Enforcement and Public Safety Corporate Caring Resource Center. Through this new program, companies will be able to donate PPE items for immediate distribution to law enforcement and first responder agencies across the country. Please visit www.policefoundation.org CCRC to start helping. The National Police Foundation is also accepting monetary donations to help fund this program. It's time to protect those who protect us every day. Again, visit www.policefoundation.org ccrc to see how your company can help. Ladies and gentlemen, we are back from break. I am uh, super excited about this uh, guest of ours. We've been working on this for quite a while. We've been going back and forth. Um, Mike from 720 Interdiction. Mike, how are you? I'm doing well, my friend. How are you doing? I'm doing fantastic. So uh, backstory with Mike. Mike had uh, reached out a couple of, um, God, I want to say it was like a month ago, maybe even yeah. longer. And, um, I have always, I had always heard of 720 interdiction. It's, it's a, it's a fantastic, um, uh, class that you put on and we've just been going back and forth trying to fit you to come onto the show and it had to match, you know, kind of what we were doing. And now with COVID going on and officers, uh, kind of in a stand down, uh, status right now, I think it's imperative that we push really good law enforcement training. Uh, things for them to do while they're locked away in their cruiser. Uh, there's only so much Tiger King that you can watch in your cruiser. So, uh, so Mike reached out to me and was like, "Hey, I'm putting on an online class through um, through Zoom. Um, come log on, take this class. Uh, it was on gas tanks, right, Mike? It was on yeah, gas yeah, it was on passenger truck gas tanks. Yeah." And, um, so I log on, I'm, I'm working, um, and, um, I'm watching, I'm watching the training and I am telling you folks, it was eye opening. It was awesome. Um, I was telling Mike before, um, the other Mike came on Mike, by the way, hi, what's up, Uh, dude. Um, I'm here. He's here. Um, I was telling Mike from 720 interdiction that I was away and um, I pull up next to this pickup truck and the class that I took online with Mike was about pickup truck gas tanks and taking the bed of the truck off and identifying different things, different bolts, uh, the wear and tear on bolts and stuff like that. So I was away and I pull up next to this Chevy Silverado and I'm like super weird in the parking lot. I'm looking at fucking bolts and I'm like, oh, fuck, that's what Mike was talking about. So shit really works. So. 
Um, Mike, please introduce yourself for the uh, for the listeners. Yeah, man. So my name is uh, Mike Tamez. I'm uh, I work for the district attorney's office in Corpus Christi, Texas. Uh, it's a pretty unique deal, man. I've, I've been a, a real cop for a while. And I say real cop because I actually, you know, I, I used to be a real cop when I answered calls and all that shit that real cops do. Uh, so, so yeah, <laughs> yeah. So I, so I worked, uh, as a police officer from 2000 to 2005, working actual patrol calls and stuff. Um, and in 2005, the chief of police at this agency I was with, man, he, uh, saw a great opportunity to start a full-time interdiction team. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I was fortunate enough, man, to be able to, uh, be selected as one of the, the, the founding members of the squad. Um, and at that time there was only two of us, dude. And the guy he pulled to be my partner who was, so the way it worked is I was going to get on the highway, right? Do nothing but highway shit. And this dude comes in and the guy he picked uh, came from white collar crimes. Never worked narcotics in his life, right? So it's a different. I mean, it's, yeah, yeah. It's, it's totally different for him, right? But nonetheless, man, you know, uh, start, dude, we hit freaking running a million miles an hour. And we were very successful. Um, and and I, I, because of that, dude, we just kept, you know, we added members and, the chief was really cool about this, so bro. In this industry, man, it's, it's one of those jobs where you could really just stay there, stagnate, and just get comfortable doing shit, right? If if you just want to retire there and not do anything, if there's no accountability, this is the place you could do it. But fortunately, this chief and my boss, who was just a freaking became a blessing because, dude, this guy was so freaking analytical. Like now, the job having that I have now, commanding this team, uh. Bro, it's made me like really tighten down on paperwork and, and you know, just the entire process from beginning to end on the investigation. But um, so this chief and this supervisor, they came up with the deal, bro, is that anytime we brought a founding member on, uh, your job is never guaranteed. Or anytime we brought another member into the agency, into the unit, your job was never guaranteed, right? And if you look back and you look at the success, dude, of like high performing teams, like special forces units, right? And please know, dude, I'm nowhere near, I'm not saying, I'm just using them as an analogy. The reason they're so high performing is that people all want to be there, right? Mm-hmm. You, you volunteer for shit like that. You're not just voluntold to go, hey, you're going to go work the highway for 10 years or whatever the fuck, right? No, you volunteer for that, man. So you have a bunch of guys with uh, similar goals. They're all the same driven, right? They want to get out there and they want to work. Well, occasionally you'll get this guy who just goes in there. He's like, ah, fuck this. I'm not good at it. I'm just going to stagnate the rest of my days. Well, a lot of special ops units Dude, you live day by day. The day that your partners feel like you ain't worth the shit, you're out, right? It, which for me, I mean, it's great, dude. Get rid of these guys. I mean, they, they're not comfortable there. Get somebody else in that really wants to do that job. So that chief did that, bro. And and it was incredible, man. Like, so dude, you got yeah. to earn your keep to stay in that unit. Yes, bro. Yes. I, I went through three partners, bro. No bullshit. <laughs> yeah, dude. I went through three partners. I swear to you, man. But yeah. that's the way it should be, though. Yeah, it's, exactly. They had one year, bro. Chief gave him a year, and he held that standard. It was great, dude. Uh, been on. Uh, so, so I'd been on five years at that time when we started that team. Yeah, and that was in 05, and I, and I've done the same thing ever since, man. Yeah, I, I mean, I've never heard of anything like that. I know that there's caps on specialized units. Uh, you know, like our Narc's team. You know, when I was over there, there was no cap. Um, and guys go over there, they rot, and then they they're no <laughs> longer con- contributing to the cause. You know what I'm saying? I mean, they come in hot and heavy, but then it's like, eh, you know, it's like that high school girlfriend. It gets old after a while, you know, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. the lust for the bus is there and then it kind of dwindles away. But uh, to rekindle that flame, we're bringing in f- fresh meat. I mean, I've never heard of any agency ever doing that ever. 
I mean, I know that yeah. some other joint jurisdictions, they have like three to five year caps. But if these motherfuckers aren't contributing and they're saying, hey, bro, you're not making a cut, you're back on the road. Holy fuck. If that doesn't bring in top performers, I don't know what does. And, and that's it, know? bro. Yeah. yeah. That's awesome. So how long you been in the uh, how long you been in that unit? I, you have obviously passed the year mark. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you yeah, made so, the cut. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So so I left that agency. Uh, there, there's another task force. It's uh, in the same area, right? It's called the South Texas Specialized Crimes and Narcotics Task Force. It's been around since the late '80s, the old fucking Miami Vice days, right? Everybody had badass mustaches, dark glasses, long fucking hair. Um, dude, that thing had been around since those days. Like, you look at the pictures and posters on the wall. That's the type of shit it was, right? Uh, so the uh, they offered me a great job, man. Great opportunity to mm-hmm. expand on my interdiction career, man. And, and at the same time, I was really ramping up teaching at that time. Uh, I, I got on board to teach with another company. Um, so I left that other agency, and I ended up going over to the South Texas uh, Narcotics Task Force. And I was there from uh, 2011 until uh, I took this job, this this job in 2018. Yeah, so, yeah, and I've been on the highway ever since, man. So that's when I say, you know, I I, I sometimes I'll back up like the locals. Unfortunately, I always have uh, shitty luck of backing them up and officer-involved shootings. Oh. But it makes me feel, yeah, it makes me feel like a, a real cop all over again sometimes. <laughs> now, when you right. when you pull up to, a, like, you're backing up a, a regular, like you're a, a different yeah. And and you see the indicators that you teach in your class are yeah. they receptive towards it? Are they? Are they? Yes, they are. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. So so fortunately, like there's a lot of little cities uh, around Corpus Christi where we our our county seat is Corpus Christi, it's the largest city in our in our county. Um, and all these agencies, dude, they're all along Highway 77, which is the highway that we work. If you could imagine a straight road from Mexico to Houston and to Dallas. The San Antonio and the Virginia and everywhere else. This is it. It's a straight pipeline, dude. So all these drugs and all this money is funneled right through this highway. But to make it through, you're running a gauntlet of interdiction teams. It's insane, dude. You got to go through. If you're coming out of Mexico, you got to go through the port of entry. All right. So um I had a little bit of a technical difficulty there. Yeah, my bad, dude. Boost mobile. Yeah. Man. You know, I got to fucking. Yeah, yeah. You know what? Uh, <laughs> doesn't pay a lot Shit, money, dude. So, um, Mike's got the Verizon uh, broken plan so yeah. you're only allowed to be online for 10 minutes So I got last net not first <laughs> <laughs> damn dog so, uh, before that man I, I used to only I would only qualify for cricket right then I married a white girl Verizon top of the line Verizon dude. <laughs> Whatever you need, Mr. Thumb is. It's like, yeah, you brought this white girl in, you're good to go. Uh, <laughs> uh, I got a couple oh, yeah. for you, Mike. Um, shoot, brother, shoot. Uh, let me get to my uh, – uh, so uh, favorite part of the job that you're doing right now, favorite part? Uh, I'll tell you, dude, like I've been doing it for a while now. Uh, the, for me now in my career, man, is watching the guys around me be successful. That is like – for me, that's it, dude. That's that's man. I love, love, love to hear stories, and I love to see my guys that they're just kicking ass, dude. These guys that I've invested so much time into, um, and have answered those late phone calls and whatnot, just to see their careers take off, dude. Like that, that's amazing, man. I mean, it's it's badass, bro. That's truly the most yeah, my favorite part of the job right now. I got to tell you, that's a very admirable answer because um, we don't hear that very often. 
when we don't. Right, Mike? No, yeah, you're right. I mean, it. you don't. Um, <clears throat> it, it's all about investing in your guys, man, just like you, like they're your kids. You know what I mean? You want to see them grow and you want to see them be better than you. You know, like any trainer, any good trainer, you want your trainee to be better than you. Not as good, but better. Yeah. At least that's what I always tell my guys, you know, and girls that I train. Um, so I guess I got questions as far as the interdiction stuff goes. Yeah, I don't know if you guys covered this. So how long before you developed this art to where did you have a predecessor? Someone trained you? Dude, brilliant freaking question. Yes. Um, and, and I talk about these guys um, anytime I do my, my intro in classes, right? And I tell these, any of my students, dude, no matter how big, how small the crowd is, is that, man, like for me, dude, the most humbling experience of my life was to learn from the people that I've learned from, right? And, um, dude, I've had some incredible mentors, man. I have been so blessed. But but it went back to, you know, I knew my goal, dude, when I when I started this career. You know, I knew where I wanted to get. Uh, and I knew there was a pathway to get there, right? So before I was a cop, I was, a, I was an infantryman in the Marine Corps. And uh, so I had zero fucking skills other than to shoot people, right? That's about it. And to take orders, right? That, mm-hmm. That's it. So, yeah. That's dude, all you need. That's it, bro. Yeah, yeah. That's it, all you it, need. Instant willing obedience to orders. Mike, get that house. Oh, I'm away, bro. <laughs> yeah, whatever. <laughs> so, <laughs> give a fuck, dude. Right? So, uh, that was my skill set, bro. I mean, that was it, you know? So, in the attack community, when I went to the tactical side of it, dude, oh, yeah, great, right? Kicking indoors, fucking putting guns on people, whatever. But, dude, I saw these other guys, man, these interdiction guys. And in our area, um, there's one guy that really stood out. He's a state trooper. Um, I met this guy. His name was Frank Rios. And uh, he's one of those guys that is, uh, he's an unspoken freaking unknown legend, dude. Like this dude has records and interdiction that nobody, I mean, nobody will ever even come close to, right? Like if you go to this guy's office, there's a, he has this, this beautiful freaking, um, oh gosh, dude, it's like a framed up, you know, remember, you guys remember what, um, oh gosh, what do they call dude? Teletypes. Right. Mm-hmm. Back in the day, we used to get our bolos and teletypes and all that crap. Yeah. 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 So in, in this uh, in this deal, dude, he has three teletypes. And anytime in Texas DPS, when they hit a load of money or drugs, or whatever, a teletype goes out statewide to all the troopers. Right. And it tells them this, what they got, this, what they, you know, who it was. This guy has three teletypes in this frame. Right. And above it is a picture of him with Bill Clinton in the White House. Dude, this guy hit three loads all concealed in compartments with zero information, no bolo information, dude, mm. all in one day. No shit. Yes. Yes, bro. Mm. And, and um, like no shit, bro. Like this guy was, um, it was, is still my mentor, man. Like this guy's incredible, bro. And, and man, anytime I had the opportunity to work alongside him and uh, you know, just the humility, dude, this guy has incredible, man. Like I've had him call me for advice Mm-hmm. And I'm like, holy shit, bro. Like, yeah, but, tell, but you know what it tells me, dude? It tells me that this is the kind of guy that I need to strive to be, man. Because this guy, 30 years as a trooper and still kicking ass, bro. Doing shit that other young troops couldn't do. But he's calling me for advice, right? So what does that tell me? That regardless of how much I think I know or how good I think I am, there's always somebody else. Regardless of how long they've been in law enforcement, you're going to learn a little something from, dude. So I've really, really used that to transcend that with my guys, you know, 
So did you, um, was this trend when you, when you hooked up with this guy, when you came in and then you work in the road or whatever, you're like, holy fuck, man, this guy, this guy, because, because for me, I know that guy, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like I remember you see this guy and it's like, you know, you're like, this is the guy I want to strive to be. This is the one I want to follow to the gates of hell and back. Like this is that guy. There's always one or two guys and each agency has at least one or two, right? And uh, for me, this was that guy. He was the guy, right? And this was gang invest, narcotic investigations, gangs and shit. Yeah. So was this like, uh, how did he train you? Did you just come come up under him or you just rode in on his stops? And then, or you just kind of really bent his ear and you huh. just kind of stalked <laughs> this guy every time you saw him? Because I'm just telling you shit that worked for me. Single and white female shit. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly right. <laughs> Like, oh, there he is. Oh, you know. Yeah, like, yeah. Hey, hey, bro. Uh, uh, I, I know I'm new, sir, but yeah. I, I got a couple questions for like, you. Like the day after you meet him, you're wearing a fucking cowboy hat. You're like, bro, you never wear a cowboy hat. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. When did your pants become small? Yeah. Exactly, Every time you talk to me, your pants look smaller. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. You always got that bromance, dude, with that guy because that's what – because every everybody who joins gets into law enforcement. This yeah. is kind of my side ran. It's like you have this picture of that person you want to strive yeah, to be totally when you come into this field. Like yeah. this is the guy. Like this is who I want to be like. And then when you see in the in the material, like oh, in the in the na- you know the natural like it, raw, like this is the guy. Like holy fuck, this is the guy that I want to be. Mm-hmm. He's in that position now. How do I get there? And how do I strive to be past that? So for me, like I said. I've seen guys like narcotics, like wizards, bro. They would do traffic yeah, stops yeah. and pull out fucking uh, an ounce of cocaine. Yeah. And I'm like, holy fuck, man. How did, you, how did you do that? Yeah, yeah. And he and it was just, it was, I started to coin the phrase eagle eye. Like if you have the eagle eye, like you got the eye, bro. You see it from a mile away. And then my FTOs, every, I think every good officer has a piece of the eagle eye. Like, stop the car. Let's go talk to those guys. And you're like, huh? And you, and then something happens or you get a gun or whatever. Like, you got to strive. And then guys, they're like, how do you get that? So I guess for them, the major takeaway in this episode, how – is this – I guess my questions – I got multiple questions. Yeah, did, cool. you, did you just follow this guy and ride in on his shit and read his reports? Because I used to do that too. And then the second part is – how did you transcend into creating this thing and putting it the wheels to the ground? So, so the, I'll tell you what, dude. I remember this, man. So I had heard about this guy, right? Keep in mind, I was a patrol officer at the time. Just a, a, a patrol officer, man. Uh, the cool thing was it was after 9-11, so we were getting all kinds of fucking overtime money to go work the highways. Um, in South Texas, we had a deal called Border Star was one of the grants that we worked, right? And it was specifically for going after terrorists, drug smugglers, all that shit on the highway. So they just paid us overtime money to go out on the highways and fuck shit up. That's what it was, bro. I mean, yeah. All day, bro. All, all day. day. We're getting in shit, right? Like fucking chases every fucking day. Oh, my dude. gosh. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And I think the whole time all we got was one terrorist. <laughs> <laughs> we fucked up a lot of cars, though. Uh, so so um, I'd heard about this guy, right? Uh, and, and keep in mind, bro, I work for police agencies. So drug interdiction on the highway was not a big fucking thing, bro. We're patrol officers, right? So that was our priority. Well, mm-hmm. uh, I'll never forget it, bro. It was 2003. Um, it was a Sunday morning, right? And I, I told my shift sergeant, I was actually on shift that day. I, I said, hey, Sarge, can I go out to the highway, man, just to fuck off, just to go out there and work? It's like, yeah, but just fucking be monitoring the radio, right? Cool. 
So um, I'll never forget, bro. I'm on Highway 77. I'm traveling southbound, right? And I see this blue Suburban just drive by me, dude. All of a sudden, the outside lane, inside lane, blue Suburban just drives by me. has a family inside. Eh, fuck. Didn't think anything of it. Right? This thing's going, going. About a mile later, I see this trooper unit, like, fucking just mm-hmm. hauling ass after it, dude. Right? So I'm like, what the fuck? I wonder if they're chasing this guy, right? So at that time, we could just, like, push one button, scan all the frequencies and shit back in the day when radios were simple. And... Uh, the troopers in our area used to dispatch off of our sheriff's office frequency. So I hear this trooper. He says, yeah, can you start me a unit? I'm uh, about to stop one that has a compartment in the rear floor. I'm like, what the fuck? Like, dude, what the fuck did I miss, right? So I called my sergeant, man, on the radio. Obviously, we didn't have cell phones. And uh, I said, hey, man, uh, can, you mind if I just go out there? It's out of our jurisdiction. It was outside the, the city limits. And he's like, yeah, yeah, but just keep your radio on, right? Fucking listen, right? So, dude, no bullshit. I'm, I'm driving up. I'm pulling out of, out of our county right, or out of our city into the county. And I see him pull over. He has this blue suburban pull over. No bullshit, bro. Male, female, handcuffed already. Like, keep in mind, bro. They're, they just fucking passed me. They're handcuffed already, sitting in a fucking ditch. Both hands behind their back, fucking sitting there. This dude has a fucking hammer and a chisel. He opens up the fucking back of the suburban, picks the fucking carpet up, and just starts breaking the shit out of the car, dude. He's like, yeah, it's fucking loaded. I'm like, what the fuck just happened, bro? There's like 400000 on the floor of that car, right? What? So, uh, yeah. Yeah, so I was like, what the fuck? I was like, dude, do you have information? He just looks at me like the condescending, like, fuck you kind of look, right? <laughs> this is the guy that was a legend, bro. And I just asked him, you know, he have information. Like a slap in his fucking face, right? Yeah, bro. <laughs> hey, wait a minute. Uh, excuse me. Uh, yeah, you're like, well, are you dude? allowed to do this? <laughs> Is this legal? <laughs> what case dude. law is this? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the fucking Frank Reels, dude. Fucking awesome badass, bro. So check this shit out, right? Oh, and, and, awesome. yeah, you know, bro, he had two roads he could take here, right? One, he could... I'm just a fucking patrol officer. He'd be like, hey, fucking cop, go back to your fucking answer calls. Go fuck yourself. Don't ever ask me if it's a bolo, right? Right? Because some guys get offended when you ask him that. Yeah. Uh, not this dude. You know what he said? He's like, nah, bro, let me show you something. Come here. And he said, wow. this was not a bolo. He goes, here's what I want you to look at, man. He goes, uh, look in the rear seam. He goes, anytime you roll up next to these 26 bourbons, right, you should always see that there's a weld that goes straight across. And at the very back, it angles up. And he goes, look at this one. It goes straight across, and it never angles up. So that means they drop the floor down in the back. It's like, what the fuck? Like, what the fuck? Knowledge. Like, what just happened? Yeah, bro, kicking knowledge, right? Yeah, dude, I was, man. So, you know, I, I was that fucking pain in the ass guy that was anytime this dude had something, even if I was at home, dude, I was like, fucking have somebody call me. I want to go check it out and learn, right? I was that fucking guy, dude. And um, again, you know, those task force in that area that that I'd been there forever, dude, they had a fucking stellar interdiction program, right? Um, so I had asked uh, my chain of command if there was any way that I could fucking intern over there for a few months with those guys. And they approved it, man. Fucking shocking. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like, holy stack. So they're like, yeah, get the fuck out of here. You're pain in the ass already. You know, but the whatever the fuck we say is not going to matter because you're going to come out either way with these fucking guys. So they approved it, dude. And um, I, I, I was paired up. Like, just, man, three interdictors that were just next level shit, man. Just like this guy, Frank, dude. And you talk about that fucking learning curve. Holy shit, dude. It was just incredible. Yeah. The shit we were seeing, bro. And it just dawned on me what they were seeing, you know, the behavioral analysis part of it, just watching that vehicle. And that's the way my, my, one of my just mentors, Augie Olibadis, he's an ICE agent now. 
uh, when he was a road guy, he's a, he's a highway interdiction guy for the task force. You know, one of the biggest freaking things is he told me, he says, this look, bro, anybody can get out here and just stop fucking millions of cars. Right. And eventually you might catch a load, mm-hmm. but that's not the fucking art, bro. This is the art. You see five black Cadillac Escalades in a row, five, all traveling one behind the other. And you know, one's loaded. You know, one's loaded. How the fuck do you pick up just that one that's loaded? How do you go out on the right one, right? So he taught me the behavioral analysis, like pre-stop aspect of it and why people do what they did, right? Mm-hmm. So, so you know, that just really like fanned the fucking flame for me, man. I took, I mean, any class there was, bro, I took. So um, in regards to that, you, so are you sworn in in Texas as a subject matter expert in drug interdiction? Yes, yes, okay. I am. Okay, of course. I would say I think you're good. You've met the threshold. So do you, um, when you see this, when you see, you know, when you're met the threshold for reasonable suspicion, then you're good. When you go and you testify, uh, how many indicators do you need to meet the threshold? Has the state given you a threshold to meet? Or is it just the totality of circumstances based on your training and blah, 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 blah? And does that correlate to your guys in your unit because they've trained under you? And do they need a certain amount of hours of training? To, to what? How is the state deemed that this is interdiction, reasonable suspicion worthy to stop that one in five Cadillacs? Yeah, so here's the way the state – that's a great question, dude. The way the state of Texas looks at it is this, right? These, uh, these, these pre-stop indicators, right? Uh, yeah, they can be reasonable suspicion, uh, but in the state of Texas, you know, obviously, um, our standard is probable cause or reasonable suspicion, the higher standard being probable cause. So what we tell our guys to do is, is look for a violation, man. Like Frank seeing that well, not right. Right now in the state of Texas, it's not illegal to have a compartment in your car, right? Mm-hmm. It's not, it's not illegal to have a compartment with money in the car. The burden lies on us in the state of Texas to prove that that money comes from the, it's a proceeds of criminal activity, Right. We have ways of proving that, canine sniffs, ion scans, different ways of doing that, right? But then, like you just mentioned, a great fucking term, dude, totality of circumstances, right? We tie all of that in. Frank's deal was is Frank is obviously an expert in what he did. So if Frank pulls a car over because this well doesn't look right, he knows from previous experiences, weld is usually on, yeah, he's good to go, a reasonable suspicion, right? But a rookie officer who has only hit like five, six, seven compartments and in different areas of car, and he's never hit like this specific freaking trap, he might have some issues in court, right? So he can use all of that reasonable suspicion and just detail in his reports. But at the end of the day, um, a good defense attorney is going to ham it up as nervous. I'm nervous when I get pulled over. Great, right? So what I teach officers is this. Don't put too much stock. Yes, put a lot into it to target that specific vehicle, if you would, right? To develop your suspicion that that guy, that driver is doing something maybe that's different from everybody else around him because of his behaviors. And 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 can we uh, articulate that? Yeah, absolutely. Right. Science and, and training has done that for us. Right. They've really, really given us a good foundation. When we talk about limbic reactions. Right. Uh, or those visceral reactions, man, feel safe and whatnot. So um, they can help us there. But if we develop probable cause, man, dude. Now we have a great standard to stop the vehicle that's going to be withheld as long as your your reason for the stop is good. Probable cause for, in our case, Texas Transportation Code. Now, we spend time talking to an individual. And this is one thing that I tell my students that's super, super important, bro, is, look, you, you have to think of it when you write your report, when you conduct your roadside interview, man. Think of it for the defense attorney's aspect and what can he attack, right? So here's a deal that I hear in some classes is this. Yeah, man. 
when you give the guy, you know, when you ask for his license and his registration or insurance, whatever, right? Make him hold it out there and watch his handshake, right? Well, unfortunately, you pull my fucking mom over and her fucking hand's going to be, her arm and head will be shaking. She's fucking scared. I've been a cop for 20 years. She's still fucking scared, bro. So you're going to come up with folks like that, right? So is that a good indicator? No, it's an indicator. You stop a fucking regular person, right? But it takes time of the behavioral analysis aspect and learning how to do it right. So what I tell my students is this, bro, because you're going to stop a lot of people like that, right? Think about it, bro. There's no difference in consequence other than prison time from somebody driving down the highway with no fucking insurance or no driver license or a warrant. They're nervous when they see the fucking cops, right? Mm -hmm. So you're going to get those same fucking behaviors, right? What kind of behaviors are we talking about? We're talking about your basic freeze fight or flight. Now, obviously, you really dial it down, man, when you talk about traffic, right? I'll tell you what I target personally, bro. If I see somebody, I, I, I have like three phases that I teach, right? And, and I've sort of really developed this program called limbic-based driving behavior, right? And I base it off of the limbic brain, right? Your, your uh, non-cognitive emotional response to stress, right? What happens the second you see something that is a consequence, something that violates your safety, right? Well, I'll tell you what, the, here's the analogy I use in my classes, bro, because every agency has had this fucking problem. Right. Dude's cheating on his spouse. Uh, he hooks up this chick on Facebook, whatever the fuck. Right. Uh, he comes home one day and everything's different. The lights are down. It's quiet. Kids are gone. And your wife sits you down. She says, uh, hey, uh, hey, Mike, uh, who is uh, Stephanie? Right away. What happens to your body? You can't control this shit. Your fucking heart starts beating. You're, you're, you're you know, you just all of a sudden you're taken by fear, right? It's the consequence of what? The divorce, the, the humiliation. I mean, there's a whole bunch of things that, that, right? Those are the exact same behaviors that your body has, man. When you're facing any consequence, like you're hauling $500,000 of somebody else's money and you see a cop. So I use three phases, Mike, uh, for that limbic-based driving behavior. My first one is line of sight, right? I look at that vehicle. I look at every vehicle as they crest the horizon on me. And at that line of sight, I see what they do. Do they slow down? And how do we tell if they slow down? Simple, bro. All we're looking for is what we call opening and closing the gap. That was coined by a friend of mine uh, named Sean Smart from Ohio State Police who really mastered this, bro. Opening and closing the gap. If a car is that far away, we're never going to be able to see whether or not he hits his brakes, right? So what do we look for? We look for him to open the gap with the cars in front and close the gap with the cars behind it, right? So I look for that, right? And And I focus on that one vehicle. Or what about the guy that is in the lane closest to where you're parked and as soon as he sees you, fucking darts over to the far lane, right? Why? Well, that's proxemics. Nobody wants to be near something they fucking fear, right? It's awkward, right? So that is really in that freeze fight or flight. That's really that flight mechanism kicking in. I mean, that dude just can't drive off the fucking highway into a store unless there's an exit, right? So, so how does the body deal with it? It's like walking down the highway when you see a fucking bully. What do you do? You're like, oh, fuck. I look at this guy and his communication. He's going to talk shit. We're going to end up in a fight. I'm going to get my ass kicked, right? Or... You look at the fucking lockers like you've never seen a locker before. You look to the right, you look away from him, right? You're like, oh shit. Oh, that, that fucking wall's nice, man. No, it's not nice. You just don't want to get your ass kicked, right? That's it. So it's no different when you're driving yeah. down the highway and you're hauling some fucking money's somebody's money or dope or whatever. Pass you by. Look for that, bro. That little behavior of them just looking away, right? Trying to deal with that fear. Or what about taking a drink? Water. What about all of a sudden they've been driving for six fucking hours and now they want to talk to their wife? You're like, oh, wow, the second they fucking pass you, they get real animated with their wife, right, talking next to them. You're like, bro, nobody wants to be in a car six hours with your wife. Shit just doesn't happen, right? 
so 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 I I gotta tell you, man, I'm, we're gonna have to do two episodes on this. Yeah, yeah. Because I, this this shit. I mean, you don't know how many cops are gonna jerk off to this fucking episode. Um, oh no, is, bro. Uh, probably all of them, dude. They love this shit, dude. This is this is why we do it. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's Wait, so many not, layers, not and be, to our civilian listeners, they don't they just think like. Oh, it's a traffic stop. No, 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 no. This and is the oh. art of the profession. Like this is the art of the job. When you met, it's more than just some fucking cop, you know, cop watch. Oh, you're fucking with me. Cause I'm blah, blah, blah. No dumbass. This we're doing more, so much more behind the scenes. And this is exactly what you guys are doing. And this is, this is what it's all about. And guys are going to love it because you know, right now, I mean, I got so many questions. I mean, as far as I broke down later, this is the layers of policing. It's more, these behavioral indicators are going to naturally occur, whether you like them or not. That's right, bro. The, the manifest is bro. going to do yeah. that. They're going to do, they're going to exhibit them, yes. whether they like to or not. And this is how you get the best, how you become, what I always say is I call it, um, a five percenter. Yeah. A five percenter in law enforcement, there's five percent of cops that are sworn with a badge and a gun that are actually doing God's work as far as drug interdiction, major arrests, you know, criminal enterprises, criminal organizations, just major, like really knocking the block, five percent, making a difference in the community, out there engaged, making relationships, doing major fucking work. Five percent across the entire I agree with you, bro. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. And, and this is what everyone strives to do when they come in. But then they fall along the way. They come, come complacent. They become fucking lazy. Or they were never shown the way. So they're like, they don't think it's attainable. And they think, and they 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 watch the movies and they want to get it. And you're doing this, bro. <laughs> you're fucking living the movies every day. You're doing drug work. On, you're interdicting cartel work. I mean, this is what you do. You know what I'm saying? And you're a humble enough guy to say, oh, it's just work. It's just work. Yeah. But it to to uh, you know that's why I say all these other cops out here they strive to do this shit man they want to be this they want to everybody what do they say when they come in law enforcement I I think I want to go to narcs I want to do UC work or I want to do something with drug related or whatever or you know very rarely do they want to go work with kids or be an SRO or whatever the fuck you know what I'm saying or or motors you know what I mean I'll, I'll put it to you like this Mike. Yeah, no bullshit, bro. Uh, my partner, Max, and I, my company partner, Max, we were uh, coming up with some shirt ideas, right? And here's one that I'm going to do, bro. In my classes, I talk, when I talk about searching, right? I talk about get on your fucking ass, lay back, and work. Dude, if you look at my shirt, my uniform shirt right now, it's a fucking hole patched in the back. A patch does a fucking hole in the patch, right? My cuff cases, dude, are fucking – thank God I married the Safari Land chick, right? Because fuck, dude. <laughs> I go through tough cases like it's fucking cool, bro. Uh, but that's work, bro. That's putting in that fucking work. And I'll tell you, uh, our new shirt, Mike, is going to be this, bro, is everybody wants to say they're a drug interdictor until they have to do fucking some drug interdiction shit. Right. And it's getting on your back and you fucking work it, dude. Going home, defeated, fucking smelling like gas because you dropped the tank. There was nothing in it. You know, fucking taking an engine off a car because there's money in it. You go home fucking... My poor old lady, dude. Holy shit, bro. I don't know how she stayed married to me for so long. Dude. The, other th- the other thing is, is if you ask a lot of officers, newer and mid-level and senior officers to borrow a screwdriver from them, from their, yeah. from their duty bag, they look at you like you're fucking nuts. 
Like you yeah. don't even carry the tools that you need. Oh, they don't have a Leatherman tool. Bro. No, and they and don't in, carry that. In my, I have a box in the back of my cruiser. It's a toolbox, and when you open up the toolbox, it has a couple of different size tweezers in it. It has different scoops. It has everything that I need for me to do the tools for drugs, like to test drugs, to touch drugs, to break up drugs. All that stuff is in a box. Yeah. And it's amazing how um, newer officers are not taught that skill. And I think that's why this episode is extremely important for the for the brand new to five-year officer to really hear about you know, 720 interdiction, what you're doing, um, because- I'm, I'll say it again. The class that I went on, it was only an hour. Your your Zoom class was only an hour. But the amount of takeaways that I got from that hour, I was like, I text you actually in the middle of the class. Yeah, and I, was yeah, like, yeah, I was like, dude, we got to we got to fucking set up you coming on this show because it's legit and this needs to be heard. Um, so I agree with Mike, which is we're probably going to have to do a part two to your interview. Um, but what I want to do is. How do people find you? How do how do people find you? Yeah, bro. So um, I'll tell you what. For like the average Joe that just wants to see what the company's about, you can just Google 720 interdiction, 720interdiction.com, right? And that'll take you to our promo video. Um, www.720interdiction is our is our site. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can also find us on the Instagrammy, right? Uh, it's, it's actually 720interdiction written out, right? Uh, 720 written out. And on the Facebooks, like we call it down here, the Facebooks, uh, just uh, look up 720 Interdiction Strategies, man. Uh, on, on that page, if you're LEO, uh, we do ask, you know, you answer a few questions. And, and dude, it opens up a library of videos, training videos. Um, you know, I've, I've heard, I'll tell you real quick, Nick, I've heard from some, um, I, you know, guys in my industry and in the teaching industry as well that, you know, oh, you don't want to put too much out there because then these guys are going to want to go to your classes. I don't give a fuck, man. My goal is to make people successful. Right. If you don't want to attend my class, my my you know two hundred dollar for two day class, fine. Don't fucking attend it. My goal is to make you successful, man. Right. Right. Even if it takes an hour at ten dollars an hour for like the class you went to the other day. Oh well, it is what it is, bro. I'm going to give you a hundred and ten percent effort because the folks that really want you to be successful, bro, that's the kind of shit they'll do. It's these fucking guys you go to their class and all they do, their resume takes up like an hour and a half of the fucking class. I've done this. I've done this many loads. I've done this. I've done this. That's fucking great, bro. But how about you show me some of your videos of you doing this shit and how you did it, right? Yeah. That's all I give a fuck. I mean, I can tell you right now, 720, bro, 100% of the material you're going to see is from that fucking body cam, bro. Yeah. And I will will tell you, when you sent me the invite... um, and before we went live on here and we recorded, I told I told Mike from 720, I said, Mike and I get a tremendous amount of people that want to push uh, us to push their training classes, their psychology stuff, um, their products. And we're very, very careful because we, we take the fan base very seriously. We don't want we don't want to push something out that we don't truly believe in. And I can tell you, I have gone to many, many drug interdiction classes. I've gone to a lot of leadership classes. I've gone to a lot of supervisor classes. And you can tell within the first 15 minutes of the class, if you are going to be looking at that clock at three o'clock when you're supposed to get out and you're like, fuck, man, this is an eight hour fucking class and already 15 minutes into it. I've checked my Facebook 16 times. I was sitting in my cruiser um, 
And I'm telling you, I was glued to the the training the whole entire time. So um, I, I shit you guys not, and I'm not one to fucking push anything that I don't believe in. Um, so we got to have you on again because um, we're, we're, we're out of time. Yeah, bro. Which time always seems to fly um, when Mike is on the show. Um, yeah, because Mike's <laughs> the goat. So I got, listen, um, I got, so I got something that, that the major takeaway because guys are going to want some takeaway key pointers, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, we definitely. do this, wrap this one up. Um, I always say buy a pair. The best thing you do is take your ass to Walmart, buy a pair of fucking $25 binoculars. Yes. Buy some binos, right? And register to, uh, or subscribe to case law updates for your, yeah. your area, right? Very, very important. Yeah, case laws huge because that's the you know uh, the the secret sauce behind the workings of what Absolutely, flies bro. and what doesn't fly. Absolutely, yeah. System. So there's um, there's things that you can register, um, and I'll, I'll put up on we'll put up on social media who we register with, um, and then study the fuck out of traffic code because mm-hmm. in the Commonwealth of Virginia, there's over two thousand violations. Yeah. And my, my always thing, what I always say is the pettier the violation, the bigger the bust. Yeah. So as long absolutely. as you could, you could get something small, whether it's the third brake light out or the tag light not illuminated or even two miles uh, over the speed limit, <laughs> whatever the fuck, bro. You know what I mean? Silver tongue, yeah. double that shit. And that's the best way to do it, dude, because it's, it's the petty ones that no one's paying attention to that has the biggest weight or the biggest, you know, the, whether yeah, it's gang bangers right. in the car or whatever the case may be. So when we have you back on, we will go in, we'll do a part two series of this and we'll peel back the layers because I have so many questions about, yeah, yeah, you yeah. know, closing the gap. Okay. Well, how much, how long are you pacing them for? Yeah. Are you guys, do you find, does it matter if you're in a marked or unmarked vehicle? Do the behavior, you know what I'm saying? Like Great. a lot of things Questions, that bro. a lot yeah. of cops, are going to want to know yeah, yeah. because they're like, Oh, well this guy's in a specialized unit and he's the world's at his hands, but it, it's simpler than that. You could do this shit from a fucking basic patrol car working to be just being observant and picking up those behavioral indicators that are taught in the seven twenties or right. addiction. This shit doesn't have to be rocket science. We're fucking cops, not fucking biologists. You know, you know what I mean? Can I add to that, Mike? It's yeah. something you really said. And that's great, bro. Is that, uh Here's the deal, bro. The one fucking universal thing we have from South Texas to fucking Virginia, right? Human behavior. The one constant that's always going to be there. You know, when I go to these classes, dude, these drug addiction classes, I see this guy says, hey, man, these are the indicators we're looking for. We're looking for a single key. We're looking for an air freshener. We're looking for the... Well, let me tell you something, man. If you fucking put that in your report, guess what's not going to be on that car the next time he fucking runs a load? Simple, right? It's a fix. If you look at my name, I have a case law on some shit like that. Fifth Circuit case law. It's $700,000 on this fucking guy. He had like all kinds of, I love text DPS stickers on his car, but that was back then. But what did it do? It really fucked us moving forward because then it took all that shit off. Right. But the one constant thing that I teach Mike, that's in every freaking, every encounter that we have with the public motor in public, uh, whether you approach the middle street is human behavior, bro. It doesn't matter what, what type of law enforcement we do, man, whether it's vice, narcotics, um, theft, murder, homicide, whatever, man. Right. Human behavior is always going to be present. So if you learn how to properly uh, stimulate that behavior, right? And I'm not just talking about that nervous, shaking type of behavior. I'm talking about listening to the verbal analysis part. Dude, your limitations are endless, man, on, on how good you can be 
if you just get the right training on it, right? So, um, dude, great, great point, man. I'm glad you brought that up. Well, I will. I'll say this. I'll, I'll make a promise to our listeners. Uh, we'll release this, and then the next episode that we release after this will be part two. So, Mike from 720 and I, and Mike, uh, we will work together. We will schedule it. Uh, it won't be like the aftermath where we release one and then we release two episodes after that and then we go to aftermath two. So um, the title of this episode is going to be Drug Interdiction Part One and then Drug Interdiction Part Two. We're going to have Mike from 720 back on. All right. Awesome, That's man. A promise that we make. Um, so uh, we ran out of time, which is great because we just we we just crushed it. So. Mike, <laughs> thank you so much for coming on. Um, uh, I would imagine that we'll, you, we'll, we'll all get together and we'll figure out when we're coming on again. Um, folks. Yeah, Mike, thanks. Thanks for what you're doing, man. Yeah. You're doing the Lord's work, brother. I pray for you guys every day. You be safe, dude. Um, don't catch the fucking COVID. Keep doing what you're doing. You're a five. You're a true five percenter. And I'm gonna have some fucking fire questions for you next time you come I'm back on here, to it, my brother. That it's gonna it's gonna be some good shit, man. All right. Uh, what I want you to you do, guys, bro. I want you to check out the description uh, in this episode, and you'll be able to see 720interdiction.com. Uh, go on there, check it out. Um, we'll put a um, post up on all of our social medias. I want to thank you guys for tuning in for another fantastic episode. Uh, take care of each other. Stay safe. Thank you, guys. All right, fans, thanks so much for tuning in to another great episode of the Roll Call Room. I want to remind you that uh, we are on YouTube. Go on our YouTube channel and subscribe. We're also on Twitter at Roll Call Room. We're also on Facebook at Roll Call Room Podcast. We're also on Instagram. Uh, We're always asking for you guys to go on iTunes and rate us a five star with a comment. Um, Helps us climb the charts. Uh, Don't forget to check out bluehelp.org. If you're struggling out there um, and you need somebody to talk to, we'd highly recommend them. Don't forget about our nonprofit, um, tagfink.com. We got some great shows coming up soon. And uh, we love hearing from you guys. So please email us at nick at rollcallroom.com or mike at rollcallroom.com. And always take care of each other, look out for each other, and check on each other. Hey, Nick and Mike, this is Cammie from Spokane Valley, Washington. Just wanted to give you guys a quick uh, hello, hi, and loves. Um, what you guys are doing is absolutely amazing, phenomenal, and awesome. And because of you guys, and I've sent you this in an email, I actually went to my doctor because of my depression and got my medication switched up a little bit, which um, seems to be really helping. So, anyway... You guys don't stop what you're doing and uh, love you guys. Take it easy. Take care. And oh, yeah, I forgot to say. Yay!